0: And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, from the firehouse here at our studios in Marion. You are now tuned in to the hottest sports show in in Central Ohio here. It's time for Fired Up. At this point now, I'll turn it over to the leader of this brigade, our uh, our chief here. How's it going tonight, everybody?
1: Going good. Thanks, Terry.
0: Thanks, yes. for, ha- thanks for having us back on no here problem. again tonight. Uh, again, uh, we are the
1: Fire Brigade. We're coming to you on a Monday night from the studios at WWGH. You got the fire chief here, along with Matt and Braden, and joining us from again from Oklahoma is Colton, fresh off his appearance on uh, Sports Center this weekend. So we got some we got some royalty in the house tonight. <laughs> uh, we're gonna start with uh, recapping the NFL games over the weekend. Colton, you want to lead us off? Let's let's do the uh, let's do the Green Bay uh, Tampa Bay game first. Yeah, yeah,
2: I'll start us off here. Uh, Buccaneers, you know. Got, they got the win by a score of uh, 31 to 26 against uh, the Packers um, you know kind of a game of, of two halves really um, you know Buccaneers pretty much dominated the, the first half you know Brady looked real real good uh, you know the Packers just had no answer for for Brady in the, in the first half. Uh, second half was a little bit different story. Uh, Green Bay kind of kind of figured out that Tampa Bay offense a little bit. Uh, got some stops that they needed. Scored scored a few more touchdowns to make it a little bit closer. Uh, but in but in the end, uh, that that Tampa defense really stepped up in the second half. Uh, really bailed out the offense a, a couple of different times. Uh, just when you thought you know Green Bay had had a chance, uh, Tampa Bay really nailed uh, put the nail in the coffin. Um, you know, overall the Tampa defense had five sacks. You know, eight quarterback hits. Um, you know, one interception and one fumble recovery. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the defense was was the difference for for Tampa. Uh,
1: I mean, you know, they're they're going to need that same kind of performance going forward in the, in the Super Bowl. All right, very good, Braden.
3: Yeah, I think that Buccaneers defense was really a difference maker. And I mean, Brady had three interceptions. Definitely didn't play a perfect game at all. But I mean, that defense really held held still. I mean, only giving six points up on those three turnovers was a real big. Uh, it was a big advantage to him. I, mean, I was just really impressed with them overall. I mean, I I'd, I'd love to see the Buccaneers go into KC, but we'll see how it turns out.
4: Yeah, you know, I, I agree it was a heck of a game. Two great quarterbacks going at it. And I mean, you couldn't ask for 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 a better matchup really, but I mean, to me it, it came down to coaching in that game. You know, we saw we saw a week ago, we saw Kansas City go for it on 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 fourth and short to get the first down and seal a game. Green Bay had a chance to win it there at the end to go for it on fourth down and the coach elected not to, him to kick the field goal and they they never got the ball back. Now that that some will say had a little to do with the officiating. Uh can go either way on that. You know, I, I feel, you know, the officials didn't call that call all game long. It it did seem to be the wrong time to call it, but in the end it, it is a penalty. That, that it was it was a call that could be made. I don't know that it was the right call to make with the way they've officiated all game long, but you, you, you know, hats off to Tampa Bay—they did what they needed to do to win. They deserve to take that yeah. home.
1: Very good. No, I I agree with you guys. You know they you know uh, they held Tom Brady to a pretty low pat. He was only a QB rating of seventy five point three, but. Tampa's defense held the great Aaron Rodgers down to 66.8 quarterback rating. So, which,
0: which, if I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, didn't last week you say it was going to come down to the front seven.
1: Yeah, and, and and yeah, I, I think count. we all agreed on that. Jason Pierre-Paul was an absolute oh stud. Two sacks, two tackles for loss. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little tidbit that I thought was a big part of the game that people often mm. overlook, and that was Mickens on kick returns. He mm. averaged 24 yards. Um, on each kick return it really got there, got that tampa bay offense in uh, good field position a couple different times so you know that's that's a something that you know shouldn't be overlooked um you know and and uh green bay you know their defense uh only got one sack or uh only gave up one their offensive line only gave up one sack i'm sorry and you know rogers had a decent day but tampa bay's defense rose up when they needed to and that was that was the big that was the big point of the game uh, tom brady yeah. did not look like you know he did the week before and uh but their defense bailed him out so yeah no to uh you know iterate uh, terry's points
2: about you know the front seven getting pressure uh you know tampa likes to bring a blitz you know with a lot of you know corners and safeties but uh they weren't able to do that against, you know, Rodgers, so they had to get pressure with that front seven. So, you know, they weren't able to get pressure without bringing, you know, extra guys uh, mm-hmm. to, to get in there and, and get on Rodgers. So, you know, hats off to
0: Todd Bowles on a, on a well-coached, uh, well-coached defense there. Absolutely. Hey, just one more thing real quick, and I didn't hear this, so correct me. if. What, how did uh, Leonard Fournette and Shady, I didn't hear how, how, did they have any, like Shady McCoy and Fournette as far as rushing? or
2: It was Um, more
4: in the passing game. Yeah,
2: I didn't really hear Uh, a lot about them. The passing game had a big enough impact, I think, uh, to kind of mix it up for for Green Bay – or mix it up for for Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. um, But – you know, not a, not a huge impact, but just enough to, to kind of mix things up to kind of set up that play-action pass for,
4: for Tampa. Honest, yeah. Well, they had a couple of nice, really good screen plays, too, with Fournette, and I think he even had a couple of nice catches coming out of the backfield, too. I they, they, Really, he was bigger in the passing game. Uh, than he yeah, he had a big run game. in
3: the second quarter, though, with the touchdown, 20-yard run. I mean, he yeah. shook, shook a couple okay. defenders and busted right. I mean, okay. and the limited carries he did have, I mean, he made a little bit of an impact, but not as much as their passing
1: game did. Right, right. All right, well let's uh, let's move on to that Chiefs Bills game. I mean, uh, I don't know. I think Braden might have been the only one that. Uh,
3: yeah, they didn't they didn't hold up too well for him <laughs> out, to out there. Pick the
1: Bills out there, so uh, we get yeah, we get to harass him a little bit. But I'll tell you what I think was the well. Let me let me. I told you Travis Kelsey's probably my fa- one of my favorite players in the NFL, and uh, just a little. No, he was coached by Marion's own Barry Egan in in uh, in high school up at Cleveland Heights. So he was a three sport athlete up there for Cleveland Heights, coached by uh, our own Barry Egan right here from Marion, Ohio. So shout out to Barry. But uh, um, I I think the key to it was the Chiefs' defense did what nobody's been able to do all season long, and that and that was shut down Diggs. Yep. I mean, he had a couple catches, but you know he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't the dominant. Him and Josh Allen weren't the dominating force that they had been in the last couple of games. Um, and I tell you what, that Josh Allen kid—he's a—he's a competitor, man. He did all he could do. I think uh, he was playing his heart out. Even you know, well, when the game, he when the Chiefs had the game pretty well in hand he's still out there giving it 110 percent and you know he led the team in rushing as a quarterback and let's say i mean he's he's an athlete but he's no lamar jackson and still led the team in running um so you know they uh they just didn't have enough for him that that combination of hill and kelsey were you know almost almost 300 yards of offense between the two of them and just just a phenomenal day for those two guys
4: yeah, yeah, Tyreek Hill, he's just next to next to unstoppable. He's hes the difference in any game. You, you come in with him and, you know, you're always going to have a chance to put up some offensive numbers. And, I, I mean, I i personally have been really surprised at how well the playoffs in general have been this year. every It seems like every yeah, game absolutely. has been a contest. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I've been really happy with it. We've, we're seeing some parity in the NFL finally. You know, games are all close. Yep. You don't know who's going to win. And, and I'm, I'm loving it. It's been a great year for football. For the NFL.
1: Yeah,
3: agreed.
0: Well hats off to him for getting a season in. Yeah, yeah, yeah no right. Kidding.
3: Yeah, I think we were all we were all questioning that in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Yeah, the Bills got off to that nine oh start and I mean it was looking a little bright for him, but Mahomes did as he usually does and came back stomping Harder than ever before. I mean, he really just stood right on their necks and didn't let up until the end. I mean, 21 points in that second quarter, that was really the difference maker. And, I mean, Mm. at halftime, you kind of knew it wasn't going to be a game after that.
0: Well, the Mm. the highlights I seen, too, it seemed like Kansas City's secondary was just all over the place. I mean, it seemed like every time Josh Allen tried to go deep, either the honey badger was there yeah. or somebody was there yeah. or he was getting disrupted they were they were blitzing you yeah know they
3: I definitely stood they that secondary definitely uh stepped up he, in this he game.
0: has that never say die attitude oh man. definitely I'm you, he'll definitely be back I yeah. oh yeah josh yeah. allen will be back
1: next year colton you want to you want to wrap this up for us
2: yeah, no. For me, the difference in the in the game was uh, the the red zone. Um, you know, the Chiefs five red zone trips, thirty five points for the Chiefs. The Bills five red zone trips, only eighteen points. You know, right there is, yeah. is uh, you know a seventeen point swing. Yeah. You know, really, you know, basically the difference maker in in, in the game. Yeah. You good know, the call. Chiefs made it. They took advantage of every you know red zone opportunity they got. The Bills, you know, didn't didn't score as many points. You know, had to settle for more field goals. Uh, you know, for me, the, the, the Chiefs' defense, you know, did a little bend but don't break uh, kind of kind of mentality. And uh, you know, yeah, like Dad said, you know, really limited Stephon Diggs to, to some low numbers, and uh, that was the difference in, in the game.
1: Good day for everybody else, but low numbers for Stephon Diggs. Oh, yeah. the, the kid's yeah. a stud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. No doubt. All right. Well, we're not gonna do a lot of stuff on the Super Bowl. I know everybody's looking forward to it. We got another uh, our regular weekly show. We'll talk about it next week, and we're gonna do a special on Super Bowl Sunday. On uh, we're gonna talk the whole the whole time of nothing but nothing but Super Bowl, so we're not going to really get into too much about the Super Bowl or doing our picks for tonight, but I know it's a big game. Everybody's looking forward to it. Can Tom get one more ring on that, you know, how however many fingers he's got left? So, uh, you know, it's like everybody's looking forward to it, but we're going to hold off on that. We're going to bring you a little bit of college football coverage, basketball. or college basketball coverage now. Some big games that we picked out, five games that were important games this week, and uh, kind of give you some highlights from Matt. Colton's going to start us off. Yeah, no,
2: I'm going to take the, the first game here. I got uh, number number three, Villanova, going on the road uh, against uh, UConn. Uh, that's, that game's on Thursday, uh, 9 o'clock uh, Eastern time, so that should be good uh, big east battle here uh yeah. villanova with a 10 and one yeah uh five and zero in the big east uh, they're first in the big east right now they're they're riding an eight game winning streak going into this game uh scoring about uh 79 points per game good for first in the conference and only giving up about 65 points a game which is good for second in the conference so you know they're scoring a lot of points and they're limiting their opponents to you know very few points uh they're also you know one of those teams that may, you know, live and die by the three ball. They're, you know, shooting it uh, as a team about 38%, which is, you know, first in the conference. So, you know, they're they're kind of, you know, living and dying by that that three ball. Um, you know, on the other side, you got Connecticut, seven and three overall, four and three in the Big East, sitting fifth. They're coming into the game, uh, you know, two game losing streak. So they're looking to try to break that break that losing streak and get back on the winning path, uh, making impact here in the Big East. I'm uh, only scoring about 70 points per game, good for ninth in the conference. But they're only giving up 64 points per game, you know, good for first in the conference. Um, they do lead the conference in, in offensive rebounds. So, you know, they're looking to get a lot of putbacks, a lot of easy points, you know, off of misses. Um, so I, I look for this game to be, you know, pretty pretty, pretty heated battle, uh, pretty low scoring. But uh, Villanova's uh, led by, you know, some veteran guards they got the more veteran team i think and uh, i think uh, Villanova gets a, gets
1: a win on thursday night yeah that's a big rivalry game for these two teams too the two story programs out there in the yeah. east and uh, yeah this is a big game for these two teams
3: mm-hmm. all right braden what you got well out in the back 12 this week we got oregon and ucla oregon's just coming off a fresh loss to uh, oregon state their rival by 11 i mean they they're not ranked anymore ucla sitting at 24th right now last game ucla was a tough loss to stanford ended up losing on a buzzer beater tipper at uh 75 to 74. i just think that uh oregon that backcourt with duarte and uh eugene i mean they're eugene averaging almost 17 points a game duarte sitting about 18.4 i think they're gonna be too much for ucla to handle I mean, I I like to say UCLA wins just to keep a ranked team in the Pac-12 up in the up in the AP top 25, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Oregon's I think Oregon's going to pull away with this one. All right, very good, Matt. Yeah, I got got the
4: big matchup in the Big Ten this week. Uh, it's Iowa traveling to Illinois in. Uh, that should be a should be a good matchup. We're looking at two teams that are scoring quite a bit this year. Iowa's averaging ninety points a game. Wow. To Illinois eighty two. You don't really see that in college basketball. That's huh. actually a lot of points for these college it is. teams. Uh, Illinois shooting the three three ball is a 40% clip, and I was r- really close behind. him shooting at 38% from the three ball. Uh, Illinois shooting 51% from the from the floor, and Iowa 49%. So I mean, these are two very well matched teams. It's, it's, I think it's going to come down to two matchups on the night. You got Luca Garza for Iowa going against uh, Kofi Cockburn, and uh, two, that's two bigs. Luca hasn't really seen a lot of bigs this year that can handle him. I, I think if if Kofi can can give him some trouble. You know, I think Illinois is going to have a good sh- chance in this. Another matchup to watch in this game is uh, Jordan Bohannon and Iowa uh, Desum- uh Two two uh, good guards, and uh, I, I think th- those four will be the difference in the game. I think uh, whichever whichever pair comes out better is going to c- c- come home with the win. I think I think Illinois actually has a good
1: shot to pull pull an upset here. All right, very good. All right, well, I uh. You I- say Illinois? Yep, Illinois. I got the uh, Virginia Virginia Tech game and the ACC uh, number eight, Virginia at 10 and 2 and number 20, Virginia Tech at 11, 11 and 3. There's some other similarities between these teams. They're both scoring about 73 points a game. Um, however, Virginia's only given up 60 a game. And uh, Virginia Tech's giving up 66, so a little bit of edge of Virginia there, plus the senior leadership on that Virginia team with, with Hauser leading the team in points and rebounds. And Huff, uh, the 7-1 guy in the middle, uh, leading the team in blocks. Um, but if you look at the, the games that they played, Virginia's only played two ranked teams all season. And one of them was Gonzaga. And they lost, which Gonzaga's a powerhouse, no doubt. Number one team in the country. But they lost big to Gonzaga. And, uh, and then the other game was number, at the time, number 12 Clemson, and they beat Clemson. So, you know, they split against ranked teams this this year so far. Um, Virginia, they got some quality wins. They've beaten three ranked teams. Um, you know, they got, uh, they got, um, they got they got Villanova, the number three team in the country. They beat them early in the season. They uh, they beat they also beat Clemson and they beat number nineteen Duke. So you know Virginia Tech's played some tough teams already this year. They got Aluma. He's leading leading the team in points, rebounds, and blocks. So I think uh, Virginia Tech playing a good defense. If they shut him down. Um, I think I think Virginia's got a pretty good chance to to win this. Virginia Tech's coming off a 15 point loss to an unranked Syracuse Syracuse team. Who, by the way, Virginia's playing as we speak. Uh, I haven't checked. I haven't got an update on that score here, but they're playing. Virginia's playing Syracuse tonight. But I look for I look for that veteran leadership on Virginia's team to uh, pull this out. I give the edge of number eight Virginia over Virginia Tech. And that game is Saturday at six o'clock.
2: Yeah, and then uh, I'm gonna wrap it up. Wrap it up here. Uh, I got the big game, uh, kind of a uh, cross cross sectional game here. We got uh, number 15 Kansas going on the road against uh, you know number 18 Tennessee. That game's uh, Saturday night at, at six o'clock. So bo- both these teams are coming in uh, Kansas with a three game losing streak. Uh, you know you don't see that very often with with Kansas. And uh, Tennessee coming into the game with with two uh, two game losing streaks so both teams are going to be looking to try to get get off those losing streaks, get back on the winning path here. So I, I look for this game to be pretty pretty competitive throughout. Um, you know, Kansas ten and five, Tennessee ten and three. Uh, both both teams uh, really like to play. Uh, you know, protect the paint. Uh, Tennessee is the uh, uh, twentieth in the nation at five point one blocks per game. Um, wow. and Kansas is right there behind them with uh, 4.3 blocks per game. So, you know, both both teams have some big guys. Want to want to protect the paint. Not going to get too many easy buckets in the in the lane. Um, you know, uh, Tennessee does have you know quite a few you know big guys they can throw at you, uh, but. I, I like Kansas to get off get off their losing streak. Um, you know, both both teams are coached by, you know, exceptional coaches, you know, Bill Self in Kansas and then Rick, Rick Barnes in Tennessee, mm-hmm. but I, I give the edge to, to Kansas in this one. Um, I'm, I'm picking the Jayhawks to get off that losing streak.
1: Where, where's that game being played at, Colton? It,
2: it is going to be played at, at Tennessee. Okay.
1: All right. I wasn't sure where they were playing. Well, that's all we're going to do on college basketball this week. Um, before we move on, I want—I forgot to uh, give out the number. If uh, anybody wants to call in with a comment or a question for the board here, um, the number here at uh, WWGH is 740-383-9944. Welcome, you callers, to, if you have a question or a comment. And uh, we got some other stuff we want to get to, but we'll, we'll take your calls anytime during the show. We're going to uh, switch things up a little bit, get into the NBA a little bit. It's way early in the season, I think, to uh, really get too far in depth. But we wanted to kind of give you a rundown of what our thoughts were on the season so far. And we uh, going to have uh, each panel member here pick their early season MVP, uh, champion picks, a surprise team, and a disappointment team to kind of get us started on the NBA season. So, Braden, you want to... Uh, You want to lead us off? Yeah, my uh, MVP this year so far, I have Nikola Jokic.
3: I mean, Nuggets are sitting fifth seed right now, but Jokic is on a tear. I mean, he's averaging 25.8 points per game, 12 boards, and 9.6 assists. I mean, in a league that the center is a dying position, he's showing that there is still value out there. I mean, he's shooting 56% from the field. I mean, he's an 83-point free throw shooter, so he has all the intangibles right there. He's almost averaging a triple double. He's third right now in the league in assists. I mean, he's truly a point center and he can defend and play all five positions. I mean, on defense he's also he's solid. I mean, he he doesn't really get that many blocks per game, only averaging 0.5, but I mean, he's still a presence out there too. And then uh my title this year, I have I still think the Lakers. I I don't really see a team right now that have played as consistent as they are. I mean, you have Brooklyn with the three-headed monster out there, but I just don't think that uh, there's anybody that really compares with them. And obviously they showed uh, the Clippers couldn't really hold with them last year. Mm -hmm. I think with uh, Paul George and Kawhi not playing a lot of games together, I just don't think that that pair is going to blend well too much. And then uh, my surprising team is actually Cleveland. With that uh, backcourt of Collin Sexton and Garland, I mean – Sexton's really proved that he can he can be a superstar out there with the pickup of also uh, Jared Allen and Prince coming off the bench. They really have a lot of depth and right now they're killing it. And then uh, my most disappointing team out there is Miami. I mean, sitting at six and nine, and you're just coming off an NBA Finals trip. I don't understand it at all. I know that.
0: Uh,
1: oh, we got we're gonna make, have you pause there, Braden. We got a caller.
0: Caller, go ahead. Hey, what's going on, guys? How's things going tonight? All right.
1: Doing good. Thanks for calling.
0: Hey, I'm just wondering what you guys think about the Big Ten and basketball this year with uh, COVID issues and games that are missing. Michigan's completely on hold right now. Uh, There's some really, really good teams in the Big Ten, and I was wondering how you think things are going to finish up in Big Ten basketball this year.
1: Well, I hope we can just finish. That's my goal. Um, Yeah, it kind of stinks for Michigan right now. They're really playing good and coming into maybe a softer. Part of their season right now, maybe you know where they could take a deep breath a little bit, and uh, you know they're suspending play. So it's kind of a bad break for them. But I think there's enough talent on that team, enough leadership on that team that they'll come back after the break. Uh, My opinion, the Big Ten this year is the toughest toughest conference in basketball. I mean, you look at all the teams they got in the top ten right now. I think you're going to see legitimately seven teams come out of the Big Ten and make it to the dance. Yeah, I agree. I was looking at maybe six to eight teams making making the tournament
4: so yeah it's it's top to bottom it's a tough league this year with a lot of good a lot of good ball players it, i hope we can just get get covid you know out of the way enough that they can play like they got the football season through and hopefully make it through and you know hopefully one of those big 10 teams can bring a title home because if, if my buckeyes yeah. can't do it i'd love to see anybody else in the big 10 do it
2: <laughs> yeah even amazing yeah, even blue yeah I think we, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes, uh, you know, with all this COVID stuff happening, you know, even the protocols for for March Madness are, you know, a little bit crazy just because of the times that we're facing. Uh, So we're yeah, just hoping to get through the season and be able to crown, you know, a champion of some sort.
3: All right. Yeah, I'd love to see Michigan out there, though. I mean, only losing one game so far. I'd love to see what this season has in store for them. So hopefully they can be out there to finish it off.
1: I think Michigan did a good job bringing Juwan Howard back, having a Michigan man back in there and, and uh, finishing what Beeline started. Yeah. All right, thanks, thanks for thanks the call. All right. All right, Braden, you want to wrap up your disappointing team there in the NBA? <laughs>
3: yeah, my disappointing team, like I said before, I have Miami. They're sitting at 6-9 and nine right now. I know Jimmy Butler hasn't played a lot of games for him so far this year. I just, I mean, you always expect a defense, or a Defending uh, NBA finalist to uh, give something out there. And lately, they just haven't played with a lot of consistency, and I'd love to see them come back. Yeah. All right, well, I broke the NBA down
4: a little different than Braden. You know, I was looking at the MVP chasing right now. I don't see a real front-runner for the MVP. Statistically, there, there's nobody taking over multiple categories. You know, it's there's all kinds of people in the leaderboards in the top five of the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. So, to me, you, you always got to stick with the best players on the best teams. So, uh, kind of kind of four guys to watch right now for the, for the MVP. I'd say Embiid, Anadokumbo, LeBron, and Kawhi. I think those are... Four of the best players on four of the best teams. I, it, was, it always comes down to that, and you know I, I think LeBron's probably going to get a little more love this year after he, he spoke out last year, not being too happy not getting the MVP. So I, I think really he's probably the leader right now in the clubhouse. Uh, bre- breaking down uh, the, the the title chances right now, I, I broke that down a little differently too, being so early. I picked just a, c- a couple teams from from each side. I think from the West, I, I like the Clippers and the Lakers. You know, they're both tearing it up right now, leading leading the leading the conference. And from the east, I'm, I'm big on the 76ers, and I still think Boston ha- has a lot. They're young, and I, I know they're in third in the conference right now, but there's just a lot of good players there, and I, I think they're going to just get better as the year goes on. Uh, biggest surprise is the same as my biggest disappointment. It's got to be the Nets right now. They're just they're not gelling. They just got taken to the woodshed by the Cavs twice in a week. I mean, <laughs> that, 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 that experiment is not working at yeah. this point, and I, I hope they can they can pull it together because it's a lot of talent on that team. And and you know, I think New Jersey deserves a winner. They they keep trying. They keep throwing money at it. Yeah. And hopefully, they can turn something around.
0: Is, is it the three headed monster there, or is it Steve Nash? What's the what's the what's the problem? There? I
4: don't know. Like, I think they just haven't had a chance to gel yet. I, yeah. I I think they will get better. But right now, it's just not not happening. Be out here
1: all right
2: yeah no okay um, you know i, I uh we'll, we'll take we'll take the round table here next um so for me the mvp uh, you know i gotta give a shout out to my boy luka Doncic on the dallas mavericks um, I, I think he's playing uh, at an exceptional level i think uh, at the same time uh his record you know dallas's record is not as good as they wanted it wanted to be at this point in the season obviously a lot of games to be played but uh you know, I think for him to have an even better chance to win, he's got to improve that, that winning percentage, win, wins, win quite a few games this year for Dallas to have a real chance. But, uh, you know, similar to what Braden said with, with Jokic, uh, Doncic is almost averaging a triple-double himself as a, as a guard, um, you know, 26.7 points per game, 9.7 rebounds. Um, you know, that 9.7 rebounds, he's leading the league among guards in, in, in rebounds. So uh, that, that's something to look at. And then uh, nine and a half assists uh, per game. So, you know, I, I look for him to, to make some noise in that MVP uh, race. So, you know, as, as long as he can, you know, stay healthy this year, uh, I think he has a legit shot to win it. Um, as far as, you know, who's going to win the, the finals or, you know, kind of a front runner for that i'm i'm staying with the los angeles team but i'm not picking the lakers i'm going with the clippers uh sitting at 13 and four you know first in the west right now uh for me it, the difference is on the, the defensive end in, in a league where you know nobody plays defense you know I, I really do value the the defensive end um and they're only giving up about 107 points per game you know that's oh good my. for fourth best <laughs> yeah. in, in the league Um, You know, I think that they just have a lot of different, you know, versatile players that they can, you know, throw at you at a given, you know, any given time, you know, Kawhi, Paul George, you know, Patrick Beverly, Serge Ibaka, a new addition to to the Clippers. You know, I think that's just a bunch of different, you know, matchup nightmares that they can throw at, you know, the best of the best like LeBron or Anthony Davis, or even over in the East at at Kyrie and, and James Harden. So, I look for them to, you know, correct their wrongs uh, from last season, you know, losing uh, to the Nuggets uh, before the conference finals, um, you know, kind of a collapse there. But I, I, I look for them to, to right the ship this year and, and, and win, win the finals. Okay. For me, uh, surprising team. Uh, just like uh, Braden said, I'm going to have to go with the Cavs. Uh, sitting at 8-8 eight eight in the East, uh, In their their 6th in the East right now. I know it's, uh, you know, real early, but uh, – this is a team that went 19 and 46 last year, dead, dead last in the in the East. So, you know, this is a huge step up for for them. Um, you know, and it like I said, they're they're getting it done on the defensive end. So that for me is is, is rewarding. Um, they're only giving up about 108 points per game, but then they're getting averaging almost 10 steals per game, which is almost a historic mark uh, in, in across the NBA. You know, all time. So. I don't. I don't expect uh, them to continue this trend for, for the rest of the year, but it will be interesting to see how, how the rest of the season plays out in Cleveland. All right. uh, for, for me, the, the most disappointing team uh, has to be the Toronto Raptors, uh, sitting at seven and nine, ninth in the east right now. Um, you know, last year they, they went 53 and 19, Better record last year than even when they won the NBA Finals. Um, you know, finished second in the East last year, and they were one game away from making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now they're, you know, sitting on the outside of the of the playoffs. Um, you know, I think the losses of uh, Serge Ibaka and uh, Marcus Hall kind of kind of are hurting them. Uh, their defensive efficiency this year uh, not not as well as it has been in years past. So we'll see if they can right right the ship and uh, get it get it figured out.
1: All right. Well, you're going to hear kind of a lot of the same things, but maybe a couple changes. I got Luca Doncic as a uh, early season MVP myself, and because it's leading the team in three categories on a on a team that's eight and eight, um, you know he's doing it all. He's a he's a triple double machine, um, and I think I think for him to win an MVP, the Mavericks overall. I don't know if there's that much more room for him to improve, but the Mavericks overall have to improve even though that might not be quite fair. Let's face it, they don't take MVP off of a 500 team. So, um, mm-hmm. But I think the more him and Porzingis, um, Porzingis gets himself back into you know, game shape, and the more they play together, I think you'll, you'll see their win total start to, start to add up a little bit. So that's my, that's my early season pick. Um, I was back and forth between the Lakers and the Clippers, uh, I lean more towards the Lakers because they're outscoring their opponents by 10 points a game right now. Um, um, so you know, I think I think your your NBA champion is going to come from the West again this year. Yep. Um, one, it's going to be one of those two teams from LA. Um, and again, my surprise is the Cavs. Uh, you know, Bickerstaff, staff has got that team at eight and seven. Um, with you know, their, Colin Sexton is leading the team at 27 points a game. He was their first rounder. Cavs' first-round pick in 2018, um, Andre Drummond, who was the Pistons' first-round pick, he's leading the team in rebounds, he's new to the team this year in a trade, and then uh, Darius Garland is the first-rounder in 2019 by the Cavs, so, you know, two the Cavs are making good use of their first-round picks, uh, two of their... Two of their first-round picks the last few years are leading a leading a category in stats. So I think that you know sh- says something for the Cavs on how they're developing these young players. Um, you know and the rest of these guys on this team you barely even heard of. You look down there and you see D Wade on the schedule, but it ain't Dwayne.
5: Mm-hmm. You know it's a guy. <laughs> they,
1: it's a guy they signed from the G League. It's like. You know who are these guys? But you know they're, they're playing good ball right now. Like like Matt said about the net, you know they they took the they took the nets and uh, whooped them two games in a row. Um, you know that that's that's a that's a formidable formidable task. So um, my disappointment's got to be the New Orleans Pelicans right now. Um, you know they got some star power on that team, and I think Zion he's playing well. Um, but yeah, you, know, you got Ingram, you got so and it just doesn't seem like that team is, is is pulling together and getting those quality wins. So right now, I think, and hopefully they'll turn it around. I, I think I think there's some good ball players on that team. Hopefully they can get the chemistry right, and uh, you know turn their season around and, and get into the playoff hunt before they before they get buried too far. So yeah. that's our NBA wrap up. Um, before we get into some other topics, I want to hit on something that uh, we all saw coming in tonight. Uh, The kid from uh, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, Um, you know, here's a kid that, you know, obviously we saw he's a fierce competitor. It was a gruesome injury he suffered. Nobody wanted to see that. But not only is he a fierce competitor, but the kid's got a big heart. You know, he's uh, uh, auctioning off a pair of signed cleats for the Athens County Food Pantry. And, Mm. you know, in in a day and age where a lot of athletes don't, don't you know they forget about their where they came from and and uh, lose track of their roots. Here's a kid that's uh, staying true to you know an impoverished area in Ohio and uh, you know staying true to his people down there. There's good people in in the Athens area and and Joe's trying to look out for him so. I just wanted to give
0: a shout-out to Joe Burrow. Kudos to Joe Burrow.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Classic. Absolutely. Stand-up stand uh, guy on and off the field. Yes. Uh, you yes. know he, He's yes. got a very bright future there, yes. there in Cincinnati.
1: Well, on a crappy, uh, uh, cold day like today, let's talk a little bit of golf. How's that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Warm us up a little bit with some golf. Yeah. Again,
1: we'll uh, we'll take your calls, uh, 740-383-9944 we'll welcome your calls and uh if you got a question or a comment we'll uh, we'll get you on the air. Let's talk about Tiger Woods. Yeah. Just had a yep. back surgery, not a major back surgery, but just had another back procedure this week or this past week. I think the big question is, you know, he's sitting at at 15 majors. Is he ever going to get to 18? Is he is he going to catch up to the great Jack Nicklaus? I'm going to I'll tell you what I'll tell you what we'll do here fellas. I'm going to give you three reasons why I think he won't while he <laughs> won't catch Jack Nicklaus and then uh, you try to prove me wrong. Um uh the one thing I don't think the top 10 golfers in the world are any better than they were 40 years ago. But I think the whole field is better than the mm, field was. Absolutely 30 years agree. Again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I so I think I think that's what it just makes it that much tougher to win because you got a guy, you can have a guy coming from anywhere in the top 200 golfers in the world to win a major. I, I just think the the field top to bottom is better. That's one reason why I think he 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 won't catch Jack. Um,
0: do you, think, do you think that he made that field
1: better? Oh, I mean, absolutely. It's his own fault. Yeah. It's Tiger's <laughs> yeah. fault. That's he's yeah. a victim of his own yeah. circumstance or yeah. whatever. The, yeah. the, the field yeah. might be better, but victim I feel like his- it's less
4: consistent in the top, though. Because, yeah. I mean, you had some greats back when Jack dominated. played that yeah. dominated. No, he's and, a
1: victim yeah. of his own success, Says, really. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. Uh, my second reason why I don't think he's going to. He's gonna pass Jack. There's only been three people over the age of 45 win a major. Oh, um, wow! Tough to do, uh, mm. you know. And one of those guys was back in the 1800s. So, no, Mom. You know, um, So it's just a tough thing to do after after 45 years old. Um, my last reason: injuries just lead to just lead to fewer chances. You know. Uh, you know, Tiger used to swing out of his shoes when he was younger, and, mm-hmm. and that's coming, kind of coming back to haunt him now too with the back issue. So, you know, the 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 more you, the more injuries you suffer, um, you see it in a lot of sports. Um, your your chances just are dwindling. So, prove me wrong, fellas. Tell me what you got.
4: I, I'm right there with you. I, I, I don't think he'll get there, and I, I I don't know if it's a drive thing, but I just. I don't see the consistency from him anymore. Like yeah. I mean, back back when he was on, and I mean, he'd go tournament after tournament after tournament, just killing the ball, always put, making the putts nobody could believe you could make. Now he'll have a day of that. You'll see flashes of it, and he just can't keep keep it going. Yeah. He just doesn't have that same consistency. I don't know if it's the injuries that have caused it, or if it's the the drive and love for the game. I I don't know. He just doesn't seem like the same guy. I mean. It, injuries aside he, he he seems different on the course yeah. i just don't see that same killer instinct and, and i agree i i don't think he gets there
1: yeah you see those flashes of brilliance uh, just enough to keep
2: you watching exactly. yeah <laughs> yeah. Braden, yeah what do you think no, yeah. i'm going to go uh, go contrary to, to you guys uh, you know your prediction there I, I i think he at least ties it i don't think he's going to pass I, I think he at least ties it I mean, you're talking about one of the great—I mean, the greatest golfers of all time. I mean, and every time you start to doubt, doubt Tiger, good. he just goes out there and proves you wrong. I mean, look at 2019—the hey, ma- you know the Masters.
1: Can we get you Somebody, a
0: pause?
1: We, yeah,
0: we, we, you we, get,
2: we, we got, got a caller here. We got a caller
0: here.
5: Okay. Okay. Caller, go ahead. Hi. Good evening. This past weekend, the UFC was big talk, and I was able to catch that matchup: Conor McGregor versus Poirier. Any thoughts on that? You guys
1: haven't talked about that one. Uh, we we talked about it a little bit last week, but um, yeah, we we talked about it before the show. Um, the, we were kind of going round table here before the show amongst ourselves, and uh, uh, the big question is, I mean, you know, we all thought Poirier had a chance. The, the guy's a the, the the guy's a good fighter, but I think the big question that everybody's wondering right now is: is this? Have you seen the last of Conor McGregor in the octagon? Um, you know, I, I know he wants to box one more time, yeah. but yeah, I, I guess what, what what's your thoughts on that, caller? Do you, you think we've seen the last of Conor McGregor?
5: Sadly, I do not. I was pulling for our USA guy, and he pulled it off that evening. We watched the whole card that night, and there was a couple guys from the U.S. that pulled off some big wins. So I'm, I'm all about the young folks from America. So we were cheering them on while uh, – Others were, I know, really hoping and praying that McGregor would do it just because he is kind of known as the bad boy, and everybody loves to hate him, I guess. But, no, I thought it was a good matchup. Never watched USC before in my life. Had occasion to do so. And, yeah, walked away thinking, wow, those kicks didn't look like they hurt that much. But I was quickly corrected and said, let me kick you for five minutes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, very good. (laughs) No, uh, I actually kind of predicted a Poirier win, but I thought it'd be by submission, but to see McGregor get knocked out or TKO in the second round was was a surprise, and I think, you know, that's a sport. UFC is a sport where you know you see a guy rise to the top pretty quick, but man, when that when their skills start to diminish, it, it it's a it's a just as quick a drop off coming off the other side. And uh, yeah, I mean, Connor's a guy that everybody loves to hate. He's really you know he's been good for the sport. I think he's, you know, uh, been an ambassador. For yeah, and, and, and really, you know, broaden the, the viewership for the sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think he's done. I don't think you'll see Conor McGregor back in back in the ring again. Yeah, I, I got think he really his off. at his
0: press conference, it didn't sound like he was really too enthused yeah, about he, coming back. He sounded and, defeated. Yeah. Yeah, he really will yeah. stand
3: up back, though. I felt like, I mean, he really gave. Uh, Corier the credit he really deserved yeah, yeah. And, i was yeah. happy
0: about that yeah, yeah colton
1: you got any prophetic. thoughts on that from oklahoma
2: yeah, no, no, nothing nothing major but uh yeah i don't think you'll see him back in the octagon um you know i i think uh it's just uh you know it's a whole different animal i mean he's getting older uh, and i just don't think the stamina that the same uh you know fight and drive is there you know that he had when he was making that rise to the top so uh, i think we've, we've seen the last of the, of the Irish champion.
1: All right, very good. Well, we appreciate your call. Uh, yeah, hit us back anytime you got more questions, and uh, we'll keep an eye on we'll keep an eye on these guys from the USA. Hopefully, hopefully we can get the red, white, and blue uh, with some belts on there.
5: Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Take care. Thank you,
1: Colton. You want to wrap up with your uh, with your thoughts on Tiger?
2: Yeah, no, like I said, it, it's, it's one of those things. Uh, I, I think he's going to at least tie Jack. I don't see him maybe passing Jack. I mean, yeah, he is getting older, you know, 45 years of age. Um, but it's one of those things for me that, uh, you know, every time we start to doubt Tiger, he goes out and does something that, you know, hasn't been done before. You know, we don't see.
5: We got another so, caller. We got another caller. Got
1: another caller, caller oh, Another caller, all right. Go ahead, caller, you're on.
5: Speaking of people leaving their – Board, I'm going to ask you what your thoughts are on someone possibly leaving their team, and I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers and his comments after the game yesterday, and the fact that he may be looking to go elsewhere instead of coming mm. back to Green Bay. What are your question. thoughts uh, on you that? Yeah. That's
1: a good yeah. question, caller. Yeah. That's, thanks yes. for the call. Yes. Um, no, I think I think everybody kind of was reading between the lines there a little bit at the press conference. And hopefully, hopefully – Another was, guy I
0: thought that sounded defeated at a, you know
1: – Yeah, hopefully it was yeah. just his emotion. You know, it was a, a big game, a tough game to lose. Um, I know he was upset with the call there on – he would have liked to have went for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal. Um, you know, I, I think Aaron Rodgers belongs in a Green Bay uniform. You know, he's been a he's been a, a great ambassador for, for that franchise, taking over for the – Gunslinger Brett Favre, but um, I, I'd hate to see him in, in any other uh, any other uniform, but a Green Bay uniform. But that's what I said about Tom Brady too, and look look what he's doing. Yeah, so, right. and, and, you know if. If if they're not going to give him a fair shake, then I think he's still got a couple good years left. Um, I'm not sure where he's at with his contract, but uh, you know I, I would just hate to see him leave Green Bay. Yeah,
4: I, I think it's more than just that loss too. I think it's been the whole season they drafted they drafted his replacement. You know, I mean he he's not feeling the love in Green Bay, so I, I can see I can see him getting out of town and and trying to win a Super Bowl elsewhere. Yeah, well,
2: yeah, one no, for sure you know Aaron Rodgers now you know one for, for one and four in NFC championship games so you know that it, it's taking a toll taking a toll on him that uh, you know he gets so close but just you know can't get over the hump um so you know I I don't know it will be interesting to see what he does uh this uh this offseason
5: all right well you you guys brought up um Brett Favre you know him replacing Brett Favre I'd like to ask do you think there's a possibility this if he is I, I think I read somewhere maybe where he's got three years left on his contract but if that's the case but if he can get out would this possibly cause a potential shakeup with the number one pick um, because of his availability to you know two teams and I've also heard recently that speaking of Brett Favre that he is advocating for Urban Meyer to not draft um, Trevor Lawrence as their number one pick overall and to take uh Devontae Smith, as I
1: say the right name. Um, so what are your thoughts on those things? Good yeah, I don't know. That's that's a lot to that's a lot to swallow um, I think that uh, anywhere that, that Aaron Rodgers goes, whether he stays in Green Bay or he go anywhere he goes, you know, I think like I said, I think he's still got he's still got some quality in that arm of his. I think it's you know a good pickup for a team if the Green Bay's, you know, if they're looking to clear some cap space. That might be might be a way for him to go, uh, you know, by trading him um, and you know move themselves up in the draft. I don't know, uh, you know, get a get a uh, first rounder or something for him. I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see. I guess. Um. You know, yeah, I, I don't think it. I don't think it changes the number one overall pick. I think
4: I think that's pretty well set in stone. I, I do like what Brett Favre said though. A, a great receiver can make a big difference. I mean, look yeah. at look at what Randy Moss did back in the day, and, and look at what look at what Tyree Kill's doing right now. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. that that can make all the difference. But you still got to have a guy to get the ball to him, yeah. and I, and yeah. they need a quarterback yeah. too. Yeah. All
2: right. All right. I mean, you're talking about one of the all-time greats in Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you trade him away. Are those picks ever really gonna be worth it? I mean, honestly, I mean, it's... you're you're giving up, you know, the best, one of the best QBs ever. Draft picks. I mean, that's a high expectation yeah,
1: for an unknown, giving up a great for an unknown commodity.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't, I, I don't, I, if I'm Green Bay, I, I'm not, uh, you
1: know, looking to trade him unless he wants, you know, wants out of Green Bay. All right. Hey, that's all the time we got tonight. Join us again uh, this Wednesday at 715 We'll see you. Thanks for calling in.
0: You're fired up. You're listening to WWGH Radio 107.1 FM. Listen for guests like legendary comedian Shecky Green. No, well, you you, you also did...